Thank you for inviting me to speak today. I work with the Gideons International. I'm retired. I'm from Bellingham, Washington, so the other side of the state. And I came here to the Tri-Cities this weekend, along with other Gideons throughout the state. And together we met and we distributed scriptures and Bibles throughout the Tri-Cities area. Over 4,400 Bibles and scriptures went out on Friday. What a blessing. And there were many opportunities for those men and women working in the Gideons to share God and share Jesus with others one-on-one as they gave out God's word. So to remember this and remember to pray for those Bibles that they will actually do the work that they're sent to do. So I'm going to talk to you today about being called. I have been called. Have you been called? Have you heard the gospel call? Have you answered it? God has called all of us to repent of our sin. Someone probably prayed for you and someone shared the gospel with you. Maybe you found a copy of God's Word, and you read it, and you saw your need for repentance, and you prayed to receive Jesus and to have your sins forgiven. He is risen. The grave is empty. No one is there. And He promised us eternal life if we would believe in Him, that we too would be resurrected on that last day. This is the call to you. John 3, 16, you know it well. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you have not heard this call or answered this call yet, I extend it to you today. At the end of the service, come forward. There will be someone here to greet you. We can meet with you and help you to answer this call. Well, I'm going to tell you about the first time I was called. And then we're going to talk about some of the men and the women in the Bible that were called and how they were called. There are many in the Bible that were called. We can't begin to talk about all of them, but we'll talk about a few. The first time I remember being called, I was a young man. My brothers and I, we would go out into the neighborhood. We would play with our friends outside at one of their houses or maybe go to a field nearby and and, uh, play baseball. We loved to play baseball in those days. It's before video games, so we played outside. When it was time to come home, my mother would go outside the house and she would call for me. She had a very loud voice. We could hear her a long ways off if it wasn't windy. So I would hear Walter and I knew I was supposed to come home and she'd call my brothers likewise and then we would say goodbye to our friends and we would pick up our stuff and we would head home answering that call well I didn't always respond that way as I got older you know I might be out in that field playing baseball with my friends and we, we had a hot game going and I didn't want to end it Maybe my team was up to bat, and I was going to get a chance to bat pretty soon. And I certainly didn't want to go home before I got my chance to bat. 
And there it was. Walter! And I knew I was supposed to come home, so I ignored it. I said, no, just, just, a, just a little longer. Don't go yet. Maybe I'll get my chance up to bat. And it would come again, and I wouldn't answer. And then pretty soon, there it was again, closer. I knew she was coming towards the field, thinking, no, maybe they can't hear me. But we could. And it would, and it would come again, and I would still ignore her. And pretty soon, it's right at the edge of the field, and I can see her, and now I know I can't ignore her anymore. I'm not going to get my chance to bat. So we gather our stuff, say goodbye, and, and head home. And when I get up to her, she's usually scowling because I ignored her. And she knows it. So that's some of the first times that I was called that I remember. And why did I bring this up? Because you can see how I answered the call various times. I responded right away. Maybe I delayed. And also, you could probably just ignore that call altogether like some men in the Bible did. Remember what Jonah did? Didn't work too good for him either, did it? Or do you remember King Saul hiding in the baggage when he was called by Lot to be king and they had to go find him? So you can answer God's call a lot of ways. I hope you guys responded positively. So this isn't the call to receive the gospel. It's just an illustration of being called. All of these can be seen in the Bible. So let's start with one example, Abram. Of course you remember Abram. In Genesis 12, 1 to 4, Abram was called by God. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram responded in faith and went just as God asked him. And God did just what he said he would do. This blessing is fulfilled by the nation Israel, and of course, by Jesus the Christ, coming through Abram. And you can see right now, do you know that Abram was 75 years old when he was called? You can be called at any age. You can be called as a youth. You can be called in midlife. You can be called in your older age. So there is no time that everyone gets called. You can be called at any time in your life. And you can be called to serve. I was called to God in my youth, called to repentance. And I responded to His call for repentance. I also received a call later in life, a call to service. So we'll talk about that a little later. So as we look at Abram, we see that he was faithful. He responded to God's call. God gave him a promise, and God kept his promise. Another great man that was called in the Bible is Moses. Do you remember the story of Moses? How he was placed in the, in the river and taken out by Pharaoh's daughter and raised 
by the Pharaoh of Egypt. And at about age 40, he wrestled with a man who was, uh, uh, who was a taskmaster over the Israelis and was beating them and, and killed him and put him in the sand. And he had to flee the country. Now, 40 years later, God calls him. He's 80 years old. He's not ready to go back by his response. He doesn't really seem like he wants to go back. But you remember what he did? He's out as a shepherd, and there's a burning bush that's not being burned up. How does that? So he turned aside, and he resisted at first God's call. He said, well, I'm not a good public speaker. I, I'm not very good at that. That's hard for me to believe. Growing up in the Pharaoh's house, he probably had lots of public speaking. That's what he said. But God was ready, and he answered and says, Well, therefore, I'll let Aaron, your brother, speak for you. So covered that objection. Well, Moses seems to me like he might have been a little concerned that if he went back there, would the people actually follow him? And he asked God, and he said, When I go back there, who should I say sent me? And God told him, I am who I am has sent me. He went back, and the people did follow him. And Moses was 80 years old when he accepted God's call, and he went humbly in faith. There was no prophet like Moses who did many great deeds in the name of God. He was a great and humble leader. Moses displayed these great works as, uh, of God as he led the people out of Egypt. And he prophesied of one to come, who is Jesus the Christ. Maybe you have doubts like Moses did at first when you're called. But there is assurance for you just as there was for Moses when he calls you. As a Gideon, when I share God's word, I've learned that others do have doubts. And I'm prepared to work with them and talk with them. I expect it now. When I go up and talk to someone and the conversation turns towards the Lord and turns towards eternity, we know that there's going to be some walls there that the devil puts there, trying to keep this person from seeing their need for a Savior and accepting Jesus as Savior. So I'm ready for that. And when they have this objection, whatever it is, I answer through Scripture, using God's Word to respond to their question. So it's important to continue to read God's Word and know what's in there so you can find that passage, and it's easy to find now with the Internet, and respond to them. So I'm going to tell you a testimony here of a recent experience I had just a few months ago. I was distributing scriptures in central Puget Sound with another man, and we'd had a wonderful day. A young lady at a hotel had received the Lord, and we were going home, and we were really excited about the day's work, working for the Lord with, with another man that I don't know very well I got to know. It was wonderful. I got back home to my house in Bellingham, and there out in the street in front of my house was a car broken down. And that's strange. I'm thinking, and I'm in my house, and I'm, I'm wearing a jacket and tie, and it's not something you usually want to wear when you go out to work on a car, but I've said, I, I just felt God was sending me out to that man. So I 
took off my jacket and tie and I went out and I talked to him and he said my car's broken down and I've called the wrecker truck so I talked with him about his car problems for a little bit and I asked him if you died today do you know if you'd go to heaven and he, he responded no I'm not sure and I said to him would you like to know and have that assurance of salvation and he said yes and I gave him a little New Testament like this not an orange one but uh, a brown one and up on the front there are some helps in the Gideon New Testaments and I showed him those immediately he saw one he wanted to go to and he went there and we read it together and it brought up these questions and doubts that I talked to you about and I was able to take him through scriptures for, for a, a number for probably five or ten minutes answering his doubts and he eagerly soaked up God's word everywhere we went every word we read he just like a sponge he saw it and when I could see the Holy Spirit working in his life I asked him would you like to receive forgiveness for your sins and accept Jesus as Savior and Lord and he responded yes and so I took him through some verses and he prayed to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord right there in front of my house now the story doesn't end there right after I got done here comes the wrecker truck God gave me exactly the right amount of time so I let him be there with the wrecker truck and went back in the house and I went back in the house and he got in that car and he turned the key and the car started up he didn't need the record truck you figure it out was he there waiting for me for a couple of hours to get home and go out in the street he didn't need the record truck I mean when I was out there he tried half a dozen times it wouldn't do anything he was dead went back in the house after he received the Lord and his car started right up who knows that's what I'll always think but you can see there's resistance at first to the gospel just like Moses but then you answer the call and go now I'm going to go forward a little bit in the time of the judges there's Samuel who received his call from God you remember how Samuel received his call he was a young man and the Lord called out to Samuel in the night here I am and he went to Eli and Eli said I didn't call you and he went back and God called him again and uh, he went back to Eli a second time and, and uh, Eli realized that God was calling him and he said go back to bed if he calls again answer him and say speak Lord for your servant is listening and so he did Eli was called or not Eli but Samuel Samuel was called at a very young age and he was a judge in Israel a man who anointed the first kings of Israel and he served God at a young age this is what I find out and this is what I hear when you're called at a young age it seems like you respond immediately in a positive way surveys say that most Christians respond when they are young and become Christians at a young age certainly you can respond and become a Christian at any age there is no age where you can't but when the young hear, the, hear God's call it doesn't seem like they have those questions and doubts right away they respond positively 
And that's what we see with Eli. So, as a Gideon, one of the things that Gideons do is we reach out to the young people. We do that by taking these orange New Testaments out to where the youth are. We go to the schools to reach them. We go to fairs to reach them and other places. Because we know that this is the time of life that many will make that decision to serve the Lord. So I became a Gideon. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to do what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go stand on the sidewalk with all the cars and all the people I know going past in a jacket and tie, and I'm going to hand out New Testaments. Got a little bit of a barrier there. I haven't done this. I'm feeling a little, uh, a little vulnerable. Maybe you would too, or maybe you would be eager, because I've never done it before. And I go and we pray with, the, with these other men, men of God, and I love it. And we go into the school building and let them know we're there, just as a courtesy. And then we go stand on the public sidewalk, because we can't get in the schools. And as the, the school children come out, heading home, those that walk home, we're able to offer them a New Testament like this. So the very first time I went out, they gave me the best spot, of course. So a young lady came by, and I offered her a New Testament like this. And she said, what is it? And I'm going, I'm thinking to myself, She's a high school student. She doesn't know what it is. I told her, this tells about a Savior who is Jesus. She says, who's Jesus? She says, I've lived in Bellingham all my life. I've never heard of Jesus. Wow, that was a shock. Men and women, there's people in your communities right here today that don't know the name of Jesus. We need to get out and reach them. Well, she accepted that New Testament, and I don't know what happened to it after that, but I learned that in my community, not everyone has heard the name of Jesus. In the age of the Internet and cell phones and radio and TV and churches on every corner, no, not everyone knows of Jesus. We were asked to share God's Word with others, and as a Gideon, I'm learning to do that. So that was my first experience. Since then, I've given out many of these. And I'll share one more story with you right now about um, a New Testament like this, a little orange one that was passed out. This one, a friend of mine would go to the summer camp that's in our area out at Lake Whatcom, and we would give out New Testaments to the middle schoolers and high schoolers. At camp that week, a young man had received the Lord, and his family wasn't Christians. He lived with his dad, and they didn't have a Bible in their house. He was really excited to get his copy, as he had just received the Lord at camp, and he took it home. Well, the next summer, in August, at the fair in Northwest Washington, the Northwest Washington Fair, one of my Gideon friends was at the booth and he came running up to the booth and he's excited and he comes up and he goes, I need to tell you something. I want to tell you something. And here's the story he told. He said, last summer at camp, you gave me a little New Testament like this. And I read it. 
And as I was reading it, I understood that my dad was dying. He was going to go to hell. Well, that just wasn't acceptable to this young man. He said, I challenged my dad. I told him, Dad, I promise you, I'll work hard in school. I'll improve my grades. I'll do better if you will promise to read this book. He gave up his precious New Testament to his dad. And he did improve his grades. And his dad saw it. His attitude changed. And his dad did read that little New Testament. And his dad also accepted the Lord. That's the power of God's Word. You see, you don't need to have a seminary degree to share God's Word. You just need to have a heart for the Lord and a heart for the lost. Like this young man did. As Gideons, that's why we place God's Word out in the traffic lanes of life. And that's why we go to the fairs, because we can't reach all the kids that are in the schools because they don't walk home. We can't reach them. In the last Central Washington State Fair in 2019, and have one last year because of COVID, over 5,500 scriptures were passed out at the Gideon booth. Now, we don't know where all those went, but we know that some of them changed lives. At that fair, at the Gideon booth, three young men gave their lives to the Lord. God's word makes a difference. That's what Gideons are doing, personally sharing God's word with others, placing God's words in the traffic lanes of life, seeding the entire world with the gospel in over 200 countries and territories. So there are many other, um, other ones that I can share with you, and I'll share one. One year, several years back, I traveled to Penang, Malaysia, for the Gideons, to work with the Gideons in Penang, giving out New Testaments, putting them in the hotels, passing them out in the medical offices to the firemen and the policemen in the hospitals. Now, in Malaysia, it's a Muslim country, and it's against the law to share the gospel with anyone who is a Malaysian. So we couldn't use Malaysian language, New Testaments, and Bibles. There is a large Chinese population there, so we went to the Chinese population and to the Chinese schools. The schools met twice a day, and usually there's a thousand, time, a thousand students each time, so they'd meet a morning session and an afternoon session, and we'd go both times. And we'd pass out God's words at the schools. And even though we couldn't pass out any Bibles in Malaysian language, we reached them. And I'll tell you a story about how we did that. You see, they teach English in the schools. You'd be quite comfortable going there not knowing the Malaysian language. So you go to the hotels or the medical and dental offices, and we're placing God's Word in English, Chinese, and Tamil. In one medical office, after I received permission to put them out, I put them out, and they have cell phones. They use them way more than you do. And they got TV, and they got newspapers and magazines. As I turned to leave the medical office, everyone in that office had one of those New Testaments open and was reading it. And they're all Malaysian, but we were reaching them through the English language. 
and I would go to the hotels to place God's word there and we would pray knowing that this is a Malaysian hotel only Malaysian people stay there they might only have 30, 40, 50 rooms we would go up to the front desk and the front desk a woman would say no, I'm a Malaysian we can't have a Bible we can't have scriptures and then we would say all the other hotels are accepting. They loved it when, when, when the American would say that. And we had these beautiful Bibles for them. And, and, and all the other hotels, they're accepting. I mean, you'll be the only one without them. And besides, it's not for you, it's for your guests. So that they can have it. And then usually it was okay. And they would say, yes, I will accept them. So their guests are all Malaysian. I got to one hotel and the proprietor was pretty careful because you know you get in trouble if, if you're Malaysian and you're going to uh, accept God's word at least it wasn't in the Malaysian language so he wanted to make sure we weren't from the government but when he was sure he pretty much broke down he was so happy to receive God's word uh, and, and he said if I place these Bibles in the rooms they'll just steal them I had to turn around and recompose myself. And I said, that's fine. I gave him the business card of the local Gideon and said, you call this man, he'll bring some more. That's how God's word's going out there. And it's going out by the tens of thousands. When I was at one doctor's office and I went back out to the truck, the Gideons came out and, ta- and grabbed me by the elbow. Walter, Walter, get back in here. And I'm going... Uh oh, did I do something wrong? Did they say no? And I, I thought he said yes. We went into the doctor's office and the doors closed. Slam. And I go, I'm going to catch it now. And the doctor said, You're not leaving here until you pray for me. God's word is being heard throughout the world through this ministry of the Gideons, through the Gideons in 200 different countries in the native language that they can hear it in. And it's being heard and it's being received. Now, not everyone that hears the call of God responds. You know that. You know that not everyone responds positively. They don't respond with joy. Many reject the gospel call. How many times did you reject it before you replied? Maybe many. But you know that God will continue to call and you can answer positively. Others that were called by God, of course, King David, look what God promised him. He promised him to have a descendant on the throne forever, as we know this will be fulfilled through Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And then there's Jeremiah, the prophet. And the word of the Lord came to him in this way. This is Jeremiah saying, Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Behold, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. Heard that before with Moses, huh? But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. 
Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. So that's the call that he received. So you can see that even before he was in the womb, he was called and consecrated to God. And then there's Mary. Everyone knows Mary, the mother of Jesus, called by an angel, told that she would bear a son who would sit on the throne of David and there would be no end to his kingdom. And his name was to be Jesus. Mary didn't doubt the word of the angel. And she said, Yes, Lord, do unto me as you have said. What a wonderful response to God's word. Isn't it great that uh, we can see how she responded when the angel Gabriel came to her? She responded positively right away, immediately in a positive way. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about uh, a man in Thailand when I was there with the Gideons that I met. You see, I was there passing out scriptures also in an area of Thailand uh, that there aren't any Americans. At one time there were during the Vietnam War, but since then it's not a tourist area and, and no one had really seen Americans, and so I was kind of a novelty there. We went there in that area, uh, probably a million people in the area we served there. There were um, five churches, combined total 200 people. That's it. This area didn't have the gospel of God, and it was right on the Laotian border. And I was there, and a man was assigned to my team. So as he came to my team, as we were going to go pass out the gospel, I asked him, I says, what is your name? Of course, I don't speak Malaysian, and uh, he spoke some English, and he said, name. And I said, my name is Walter. What is your name? And he said, name. And I said, um, what do they call you by? And he said, my name is name. I'd never heard of anyone named name before. That was his name. And this is his testimony. See, as a young man, he had a father who... Uh, used to go out and he was just a regular thug like you see on TV strong arming the merchants you know pay me money or I'll beat you up or trash your shop kind of a thing and this was attractive to this young man he was big and tall and strong so we got into the, his uncle's business and as he was doing that it wasn't long a few months later that of course he was caught and uh, the judge said you're going to jail for two and a half years. And he's in jail, and he's an angry young man. He didn't want to be there. He was angry at the whole world. He'd burn himself with cigarettes and cut himself. Nobody could stop him because he was stronger than almost anyone there. And they assigned him to work in the, in, in the library in the jail. In that library, the Gideons had placed the Bible. And he saw that Bible and he picked it up and he began to read it and you know what happened God's word reached his heart his life was changed he found Jesus he accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord and his whole behavior changed so much no one could believe it and then every year all the prisoners used to be gathered together and there was a list they would read names from 
And that was the list of early releases from the king of Thailand. And everyone waited there, thinking, will my name be on the list? His was, and he was released early. Well, as a small businessman starting his own business, he was eligible to become a Gideon, and he did. He became a Gideon. Now, he had a wife and a seven-month-year-old child, and he came from one side of Thailand clear to the other to be part of giving scriptures out because he knows the value of God's word and what it does to change lives. And I asked him, I said, is it okay with your wife to be here to leave her with a seven-month-old child? And, and he said, yes, she wants me to be here. And he had basically hitchhiked all the way across Thailand to get there to give out God's word. Such is his love for God and for the word of God and to reach the lost. This is what we see in other cultures and other nations. And it's amazing what God does for them. And of course, there's Jesus. He chose 12 ordinary men to go and serve him. 12 ordinary men that changed the world to be his disciples. He called each one of them. I'm not going to go through their call, but he called each one of them. And of course, you remember Saul, who became Paul, with the light from heaven shining down around him. By now, you're probably thinking, well, what about me? I'm nothing special. Why would God call me? Besides, what do these special people have in common with me? If God sent an angel to me, surely I'd answer. If he appeared to me in a dream, wouldn't I answer him? If he said to me, I want you to do great things in my name, wouldn't you be excited about it? Well, we know from God's word that's not the case. It doesn't always happen that way. You know what? The Bible tells us that we all reject God. We've all sinned at some time and turned our back on God, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. You see it everywhere. I don't need to lay it out for you. Because of this, we all need forgiveness from our sin. You see, we can't do it our way. It doesn't work. No one's going to enter heaven because of his good character or his good works. Because there's a penalty for sin, and it has to be paid. You can't pay it. Your good works won't pay it. Your offerings won't pay it. That penalty for your sin is death. And there's only one payment for that sin. And God paid it through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus. That's the only sacrifice and payment acceptable to God for your sin. And this is what we do as Gideons. Have you heard the call and answered and accepted His call? Have you accepted that payment for sin that was made on your behalf? Jesus saves, and it means exactly that. His sacrifice paid for your sins. Will you repent and believe in Him? Each day, I serve in the Gideons, and we look to reach others with this message. So we know that we don't all respond positively. And in the Bible, did everyone respond positively? Well, no, they didn't. There's Jeroboam, king of Israel. You remember the ten tribes of Israel that were given to the northern kingdom after King Solomon 
uh, kind of walked away from the Lord at the end of his life and the kingdom was split? Well, Jeroboam was to rule over ten tribes. And you know what? There was a promise made to him. The promise was that God would build him a house as he built for King David. He would give Israel to him. Wow, wouldn't you want to receive that promise? Instead, you remember, he made two golden calves and set them up in two different cities, and he tried to stop the people from the northern ten tribes from going to Jerusalem to worship God. I ask myself now, why would someone turn their back on such a promise as this? But he did. And in John chapter 6, Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. And if you remember that passage, he told everyone, I am the true bread from heaven, and only those who believe in me can see eternal life. And those that were listening said, This is a hard saying. And many of them turned and followed him no more. So they didn't respond positively. And one more example. Do you remember the rich man in Matthew 19? And behold, the man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. And if you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, Go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Called by Jesus himself. But when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So yes, even in the Bible, there are those that turn down the call of God. Now we know this as Gideons, and we offer God's word, and we work with Gideons, planting the seed throughout the world, knowing that there will be a harvest from that. Yes, I have been called. Later in life, I received the call to the Gideons, and I'm going to tell you about the Gideons now. My call came in this way. In the last year I was working, about a year ago, before I would retire, I traveled. I got on a plane on Monday and was gone somewhere during the week and came home for the weekend and went somewhere else the next week. In that hotel room one day, I was praying, and I was asking God, God, how will I serve you when I retire? And another week. And I prayed the prayer again. And another week. This week, I was working from home. It's February, and it's dark and probably rainy on my side of the state. And I'm working. And there's a knock on the door. So I get up and go to answer that knock, and I open the door, and there, standing there, is a man, and, and he goes, I've got something for you, and he hands me some papers and a little pamphlet, and he says, you need to fill this out. I didn't know what it was, and we didn't say much more because my mind was on my work, and I closed the door, and he left, and I turned around, and it's like, oh, God answered my prayer. That was a Gideon application he gave me 
And I knew it was an answer to prayer. God sent someone right to my house to get me. I was called to serve in this ministry. And I filled that application out that very evening. And I invited my wife to join as an auxiliary. And she said, yes. And together, we have been serving in this ministry that we've been called to ever since. So now I'm going to share with you a little bit about the Gideons. Our single purpose as Gideons is to reach the lost with the Word of God. We do this through personal witnessing, sharing and distributing copies of God's Word all through the traffic lanes of life, in schools, in hotels, hospitals, the medical community, fire and policemen, all through the, the traffic lanes of life. And we're there to reach others with the gospel. Gideons are business owners and professional men, and their wives can serve with them in the Gideon's auxiliary. We hold each other accountable as we meet together for prayer each week. For there's many temptations in the world, and that's one of the reasons the Gideons was started as a, as a place for business travelers that were Christians to meet together. So men, if you're a businessman or professional man, and you think maybe this is a ministry you're being called to, come see me after the service. And I extend a call to you to come and join the Gideons. Let this be your call to join. Also, we recognize that not everyone's a businessman or professional man, so there's a program called Friends of the Gideons that you can join and be part of the Gideons. Time and again, as I've shared with you, when we share God's Word, we find that people's lives are changed eternally. Now I'd like to show you a, a short video about some of what the Gideons do. Every Sunday, churches open their doors to communities around the world for people to fellowship, to worship, to grow, and to renew their spirits with the hope found only in the Word of God. But for many, Sunday is a day like any other. That's where the Gideons come in. As a missionary extension of the church, Gideons meet people where they are, by placing Bibles in the traffic lanes of life and by personally sharing the message of true hope with the weary traveler, the sick and discouraged, with all generations, in small towns and in major cities, across time zones and countrysides and to the ends of the earth. So men, women, boys and girls can learn who they are in Christ and experience life as children of God. Gideons have never done this work alone. It's churches, just like yours, who make their work powerful and effective in different cultures and languages throughout some 200 countries, territories, and possessions across the globe. Gideons are members of churches first, dependent on God's people for support through prayer, 
giving, and a growing membership. Because in the end, we're all carrying out one vision, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel to bring people to Christ. You've heard a little bit about the work of the Gideons today. Isaiah 55:11 says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish what I propose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. This is what we do as Gideons, sharing God's word, seeding the world with the gospel. Right now, billions of people have lost, are lost, and they're in need of God's Word. Millions of them right here in the United States. And we need your help to reach them, starting with prayer. Pray for the Gideons and the men and the women that serve, that they would be able to reach out and witness and place Bibles in your community and throughout the world. Pray that we would have funds to buy these Bibles and place them in the traffic lanes of life. There's a growing need for God's Word. There are millions of copies that have been requested from the Gideons, orders we can't fill because we don't have the finances. And finally, pray for those men and women that receive a copy of God's Word to open their hearts to the the message of salvation that is within it, that they might be saved by the blood of Christ. If God has spoken to you today about this ministry, I ask that you would consider to make a financial gift to the Gideons International. When you give to the Gideons, a gift of about $1.40 roughly will buy a scripture like this to be placed somewhere in the world. That's all it takes. That's all, all that money goes to, printing and distribution, so it gets into a Gideon's hand. All of it goes there. And it will get to someone. Maybe that person will receive the Lord. So we ask that if if you'd like to do that today, you can do that by making a check payable to the Gideons International or putting cash out in an envelope. And hopefully you got one of these bulletins. If you didn't, there's some in the back because in COVID, this is how we're going to give. In here, you'll see an envelope. Just tear that out. And in this envelope, place your offering and close it up, and you can even use a credit card. In your gift box, as your offering box is in the back as you leave, just place it in there, and it will be for the Gideons. That's how we're going to do it today in the time of COVID. And I hope that if God has spoken to your heart today, that you will choose to share in this ministry by reaching the lost throughout the world. And you can also give any time through use of the Gideon cards. You'll see some of them back in the Gideon card display in the back. Send a card for a greeting card. It's graduation season. There's some online you can use, or you can use some from here. Send a Gideon card to a graduate. And then, you know, you would buy a card in a store. Spend, put that money that you would have used to buy the card in an envelope and send it to the Gideons. It's enough to purchase several scriptures. 
May God bless you. And thank you for the opportunity to be here today and tell you a little bit about the Gideons International and their service. As I close today, I'd like to close in prayer. Let's go ahead and and pray. Dear God, our Father, I give thanks for these men and women who love you with all their heart, their soul, and their mind. They have come here to worship you today, Father. We pray that their worship would be acceptable to you. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would bless them through your word. And we pray that as they go forth from here, that they would go encouraged, having seen that your word is reaching the lost right here in this community and throughout the world. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would call them to serve with the spiritual gifts that you had given them. Heavenly Father, make them bold to share your word with others. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.